Good day, my friends, and welcome to the new Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the legendary Sergio Tacchini, the brand made famous by John McEnroe, Gabriella Sabatini, and was worn by today's guest when she semi-finaled Wimbledon. Check them out at SergioTacchini.com and use the code CRAIG30 in all caps to receive 30% off of your order. She was born and raised in the Czech Republic and distinguished herself as one of the greatest juniors in modern memory, reaching number one in the world. As a pro, she has been as high as 16, and in 2019, she reached the semifinals of Wimbledon and won the doubles, becoming the number one ranked doubles player in the world. Additionally, she is a fashionista, a fellow podcast host, and an all-around cool young lady. The great Barbora Stritsova is today's guest. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Do you want me to take headphones as well? It's up to you. Um, I'm going to do headphones. I think you're fine. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Are you ready to do this? I am very ready. And are you in, are you in Prague? Yes, I'm in Prague, Czech Republic. Beautiful. You know, when we met briefly, it really marked the beginning of the end of everything. Yes. It did, yes. Also, Corona and lockdowns and everything. Uh, the woman you hear is former world number 16, currently, and, and, and former world number one doubles player. She is one of the most effervescent and fashionable people on tour. She's laughing at me as I'm watching her in her Michael Jordan t-shirt. Because I'm laughing, I'm wearing Michael Jordan, Eric Jordan, because I was just watching recently The Last Dance, so I'm like, I have to take it. And, and that is a Barbara Stritz, Barbora Stritsova, Barbora Stritsova. Um, yes. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Before we get into the five-set format, you know, The Last Dance those those last two episodes aired last night in the United States. Did you see those two? No, don't tell me, please. So what number are you up to? Well, I am finishing, like, I have to see last two. Okay. I am num- I finished number eight. So, but I love that show. I love the documentary. It's been amazing. Yeah. As you know, we do the five-set format. The first set is the off-the-court report. You seem to have been you know, keeping things moving quite seamlessly. Um, how has mm-hmm. this lockdown been for you? When, when we left, did you fly back to Prague? Well, when the last time, well, I was in Indian Wells and then it was on Sunday and then they announced it actually Sunday morning and I saw you Sunday afternoon, I think, I guess. No, right? no, I think they announced it Sunday night. No, no. True, and then I saw you on Monday. Monday, Monday. Yeah. Yes. So I flew on Tuesday to to see my sister in Florida, and we had to stay there because we didn't know if they're gonna cancel Miami or not, if it's gonna be still we're gonna go there. So we stayed there for like three, four days, but then obviously they canceled the tournament, and we they told us to kind of like uh, rush to Europe, rush home because we didn't know if there will be some flights or this and that. So well, what we happened? Flew. What happened was was President the, they 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 announced a travel ban. Yeah, and they made it sound like if you didn't get back to Europe yeah. or wherever you were it from, it sounded like we are in a war. <laughs> like I'm like, 
or I'm not going to shit. I'm not going to go back home and this and that. Yeah. So we flew and the, our agent was like, yeah, fly as soon as possible. And I'm like, no, I want to see my sister. I want to be with her because I don't see her that much. And he goes all late all the time like, no, you have to fly back. So we flew on Saturday. Well, and since then, which is kind of like two months, even more, we are home. And um, But I have to say here in Czech and Prague, it's getting a little bit better and the shops are open, restaurants are open. We still have to wear the masks. But uh, for us, for tennis players, and especially for me, I'm a person who likes to do a lot of stuff, who likes to go out and who likes to kind of travel. And you go from like this high totally to zero and you are on one place in your living room and you are working out like an idiot all day long and I'm going crazy at the beginning but now I find my rhythm I found like uh okay I can go out to have some drinks uh so it's good (laughs) I saw a post you made where you said if I don't keep it moving I'll stop moving yeah you said basically at my age you said something to yeah. the extent of like, you know, at that's my, what I said. Exactly. Yeah. Said, it was in Australia. You said, if I don't, <laughs> if I don't keep it going, that's a problem. So my question, well, so my question is, have you kept it going because you know that if you stop, you're just going to like completely <laughs> shut it down? Yes. I, I have to keep things moving. I have to have my plan because otherwise um, I will be done. I will be done with my tennis because I'm 34 years old and it's an age where you can call like you can finish your career. No what no one would say anything, but I I feel like it's not the time yet and it wouldn't be the right time to to finish with my tennis. So I I'm doing a lot of stuff. I have to be busy, otherwise I'm going crazy because uh, I'm I start to do my own show, I start to uh do some maybe some camps you know so some little stuff where i look forward to and i can plan and that makes me busy it's really good for my head otherwise if i'm just you know doing yoga once a day and just kind of like (laughs) relaxing i I, it's good it's good but for me i need to have the adrenaline i need to have maybe the little bit of a pressure that i i challenge myself so this is happening (laughs) now um, you start, you've also used this time to start your own podcast. Um, I did. Yes. Now what's the name of it? It's, it's, I, I don't know how you pronounce that. It's cause I just see the English uh, well, letters. My short name is Bara, but if you say it with the last letter with you, Baru, it means you are at the bar. Okay. So you are Baru. talking with me, with my name at the bar. You okay. Know? So, so how do you say the name of the show? Baru? Oh. Ubaru, with, like, at the bar. At Uba, the bar. Ubaru, Ubaru, Ubaru yeah, with Barbara yeah. Stritzova. Yeah. That's cool. And, <laughs> and, and your show is a Czech-only interview show. Uh, or, or will you have others uh, on the show? Well, for now, I had only Czech and Slovakian people, but I would not say like I will have only from Czech Republic speaking only Czech. I want to do also some English uh, people and also I have a lot of friends speaking English, so I want to do that. But for now, I want to stay like it is and uh, when everything is good 
to normal. Hopefully it will be soon. I want to try um, speak to the person like face to face. You know, I want to try it. Not only like that. I want to experience how, how it feels, how it is. So for now, I really like it, but it's not easy. It's really tough. It's really tough. <laughs> what part do you find tough? Well, I find tough, like I prepare myself with questions. You have to do the research like you have to do as well. And um, I feel like I need to be enter like I need to entertain the person that he like I don't feel like he doesn't like it or he is bored, you know, and that I'm kind of like a little bit scared that my questions will be all right and this and that. So this is tough for me. And also that you have to focus what the person is talking about. And then you have to also focus on your questions to not get lost, you know. I am like, wow, this is a really tough job. Well, it's not tough for the people that just ask bad questions, right? Like if you go to no, a press... No, but, but, but you, <laughs> for the people that ask good great. questions, yeah. True, and you want to ask good questions. And you want to ask questions who also you are interested in. And then it takes time to do the research and it takes time to get ready for it. But uh, this is how I like to do it. And I think this is how it should be done. I'm I'm a rookie and I'm really bad, but this is I feel like it should be like that. I can't critique yours because I don't speak Czech, but it's, I know. it's tough. <laughs> but um, I did see that you did an Instagram live with Yaramir Yager. And um, yeah. this guy is, you know, for me... Uh, I come from a place where hockey is a, is a real thing. and um, Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, this guy is really one of the great athletes in the history of sports. Um, what did he He's have? To, I just have to ask you, what did he have to say for himself? Well, he, he is a legend. And then I was thinking like, okay, I, I had like an actor, I had a singer. So I want to have a, like an athlete. So I was thinking about him and then I approached him with a message and he was so good because at that time when I sent him the message, he replied like in 15 minutes and he goes like, for now, I can't do it, but I will let you know when I can. So I was like, okay, he will let me know. He will never let me know, but whatever. And it comes like five days later, he is writing me, okay, I can do it in this time. And I was like, wow, he's so cool. He didn't forget me. We know each other, but still, you know, he is a legend and he has so much stuff to do. And uh, it happened and I was very, um, uh, it was deep. It was a deep conversation about religion. Really? About how he, yeah, about how he uh, approached, uh, he's 48, so I asked him, what he loved about hockey that he's still doing doing it that he's still active it was very very interesting conversation for our listeners just real briefly if you don't know who Yaramir Yager is he is one of the great hockey players in the history of the sport he probably started playing pro hockey at 16 and he I think he continues to play which is amazing yeah, he's, he, he's still playing he's active yes yeah he's an active he's he's played 32 years of pro sports which is just unbelievable let's move into our second set this is the on the court report my first question to you is what have your impressions been of What's going on in pro tennis since the shutdown? Uh, since the shutdown, what's going on in women tennis? Well, I think in much. well, I think in tennis. I think like has has the talk of a merger been something that you've paid attention to, or do you think it's just 
people just talking. Well, I mean, uh, there was a Roger Federer announced that it would be really good to get together, ATP and WTA. So if some something like this Roger says, he doesn't say anything that much. So if he says something, it means already that maybe it can happen. And for us, for the WTA too, it would be, I think, really great that it would help us and we can get back on tour like all together stronger because for tennis players and for the tour doesn't matter if it's ATP or WTA to get back. It's really tough because we are losing uh, a lot of money with, with not happening the tournaments. And uh, even though if there will be a tournament, there will not be a spectators. So still we are losing a lot of money and it's really tough for for tennis. The situation is hard. Um, yeah, uh, but I have to say that we here in Czech Republic, we are going to have many tournaments and we are starting on 25th uh, uh, May uh, because it's a lot of us. It's like Petra, Carolina. It's like eight people, top 50. So we we did like a, two groups with six players on each group and we're going to play matches, which is great because to, to not have anything and to not have a tournament that you can prepare for, you don't have the motivation. So at least you train a little bit for something and uh, that you you enjoy and it's it's gonna happen and I, I really can't wait to to hit a ball and to to play the match again that's cool yeah. when Roger sent that tweet did you yeah. did you call your agent or did you did you well I, I I'm talking a lot to to Belinda Bencic I'm talking to her a lot about it but not just about that one but we talked like nearly every day about the situation, what's going on and this and that. And when he tweeted, I asked her what what she thinks about it. And he, she said like, yeah, I think it's going to happen because if Roger says something like this, something really huge, I think there will be something behind it. So, well, it's a process and it's it's going to be difficult to, to deal with all the things. But um, if it's happening, it would be great. I think it would be really helpful for us. Have you been hitting balls? I have been, yes. I have been hitting ball. I didn't hit for four weeks and then when we could go out and and play tennis again. So I'm hitting like three times a week. Uh, but to be honest, uh, to have motivation to hit, it's hard. Because for now, like we now we have the tournament, we have the exhibition. So you you know, okay, I'm working for this one. I can hit balls, and we're gonna have in two weeks. I can play a, a match. But at the beginning, it was so tough. It was so tough to just go out and hit the balls because you don't have any goal, and uh, you are like, why I am here just to move my ass? Yeah, good, great. Why? <laughs> I think you said it earlier, but just to be clear, has the shutdown? impacted your future well uh, actually uh, as you know we we supposed to have the olympics and it was my biggest goal this year and it was a huge motivation to get there and to play there and even to maybe finish the career over there because it would be my third olympic games and i thought for myself to to finish there it would be great but, um and when they and when they announced it, I kind of knew that's going to happen. But when they announced it officially, it was like, wow, I, okay, what am I going to do? I, I don't know if I'm going to wait for one and a half year again, because it's such a long time for a tennis player, especially in the age what I have. And like, um, I don't want to finish 
uh, because of a virus. I don't want to finish like this. I want to be on court and I want to play a match. Doesn't matter how it ends, but I want to be on on my place what I love and there I want to finish. So for now, I am going to continue. I'm going to work and doesn't I, I want to finish at the tennis court, not at home with lockdown. Yeah, and also to that point, you know, you really started playing your best tennis in the past couple of years. Like, you got to keep it moving. Like, you could... Yeah, I, like, yeah. yeah, I got to keep it moving because, especially also this year, we had a great start with the way, and I felt also good in singles. My body was holding great, and I was feeling mentally very strong, and then suddenly this happened, but uh, I feel like I... I I am good. Physically, I feel really great. So why, there is no point to, to just say goodbye because I don't feel like it. Don't say goodbye. Uh, let's move into our <laughs> third set. This is the portion of our show where we talk about your career. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've been asked and answered a lot of these, a lot of the subject matter, but I'd like to, hopefully, I have some you know, I, hopefully I have something maybe a little different for you. But where does your tennis actually begin? It began, uh, like you mean, when, what, which age? Where did you start? How did you get good? Oh, okay. So I was four years old and I have an eight-year-old sister. And we were, like, living next to a tennis court. And my sister was doing tennis and also doing figure skating, same as me. So we were kind of changing between these two sports. And um, age four, I pick up the racket and I was hitting against the wall all the time, all day long. And I loved it. And also I was doing the skater skates. And when I was 12, I had to decide because I was doing both really good. Tennis was a little bit better, but I was good at both. So I had to decide when I was 12 and I choose tennis by my choice, not my parents which is really important, I think. And how? And, um, and, and I'm sorry, how good were you at 12? Were you playing international? Were you playing yeah. Petit A? Were you traveling to Florida? Yeah. All that. Yeah, I played all that. I played a lot of in Kufstein, in Germany. So, and I was winning the tournaments. So that I, I kind of, well, not me, but my parents felt like I have potential and I was beating much older players. So uh, they thought like, okay, she is pretty good. And I had already my own physical coach who, who teached me how to how to run on court, how to move on the court, which was really important. So I started hitting the ball very good age 12 and then it was kind of like getting like I was traveling around the world I had my own coach and then I would become number one in juniors and from that point I was rolling now, but I have a lot of up and down no, no incredible um but you really you know when your story is told they say listen this is one of the great juniors there ever was that you played great junior tennis um when you look back at that moment, I know you've said that, you know, you you got a lot of attention from guys and it was fun, but was it really fun or was it was it sort of um You mean uh, the junior of, time? Yeah, was it sort of hard? Well, both. It was fun on the uh because there was um 
there was relationships with also we had a nice team a group of people friends there was a lot of friends but there was also for me a lot of pressure from outside not from my parents but i also put myself like a lot of pressure because i was winning a lot and i i, I won twice austrian open i we won a lot of doubles in grand slam so i put myself under pressure a lot and at the end i when i think back i it was too much it was too much because i couldn't handle to go from juniors to to wta you know because there i start to lose and i was not ready for loses and i i, was, I didn't know how to approach it i didn't know how to take it so um it was fun but it was also very very tough mentally now um was there ever a, a specific moment where you said, listen, you know, I'm going to be a pro tennis player. That is it. it. You know, as opposed to say, oh, well, I'm really good. I'll go to college or, and that's also. Yeah, I know that moment. I know exactly when. It was when I won the Austrian Open 2002. Um, I, I felt like I want to be great. And I know I, I want to be like professionally. Uh, I want to play professionally. So 2002 was the turning point when I said, okay, this is my job. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it great. And you beat Maria Sharapova there. Yes. Yes. And, <laughs> and, um, and she had been identified obviously at, as a, as a, as a star. She is a star. Yeah. Yeah. At that <laughs> moment though, she had been identified as a star. You know, did you look back on that moment as an interesting moment in in your in both careers? Yeah, because I think the year before we had a tournament here in my hometown, um, and she was there, and I wasn't playing, and uh, she was at my home, and I saw I showed her the club where I am training, and she was there with her father, so she was very very friendly. And then the year later, we are playing against each other at the Australian Open. And then we we are seeing each other at the, on the tour, and it become different because you know how it is. It's such an individual sport, so we don't focus on on the other one, and we are kind of like this. Um, but uh, it was very interesting, and I think also she was writing something about it in her book. And uh, yeah, I think if I if well, in I her book her in, uh, in her book she said she was jealous of your boyfriend. Yeah. But I didn't know that she liked him, and I was like, "Whoa, that was also a good one." <laughs> everything yeah, is so, yeah. everything is sort of competitive when you're so young, and it, maybe it just carries totally. over. Yeah, um, totally. But it would it would be nice if 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 we would meet each other someday and just talk about it because it's such a nice memories, you know. I'm sure you will now. Everyone's got time. Um, yeah, <laughs> we just have to travel. <laughs> So Barbara, what did did you did you leave school? Did you did you finish school or did you just yeah, stop? I did. No, no, no. I did finish school. Yeah, it was my mom's. Uh, like I had to promise her that I'm gonna finish high school, and otherwise I will not play tennis. So she was really, she was really deep deep into this that I had to finish the school and I had to take the diploma and this and that so I have I have finished my school yes how tough was it for you 
I mean, you shot up to the top 50 and then you shot down to 220. When you look at your result, it's really an amazing thing. It's like you went to the sun and then you burnt up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was exactly what I was saying at the beginning because it was the first year I become professional tennis player. I was playing on tour. I was playing the ITF tournaments, the smaller one, 25s, and I was reaching like semifinals, finals. And and the first year I become top 50 uh, because nobody knows you. You are a new player. So not so many people know how to play against you. So you are kind of like, I have nothing to lose. So I'm going to play and um, I'm winning a lot of matches and this and that. But the next year you have to defend your points and you have to be ready because the people are getting to know you. They know how to play and they know how to approach your your game. So uh i like i said before i was not ready for that and mentally for me it was terrible it was terrible i i wanted to finish tennis i didn't want it to play anymore i didn't enjoy anything of it the losing the yeah. losing yeah the losing was for me like uh losing a match was like i disappoint myself i disappoint all the people i was scared before the matches i didn't want to step on the court i was like scared i had doubts i I didn't believe in myself anything. Uh, it was really a struggling moment where I was like, whoa, I don't want to do this. I was crying before the matches. And, crying? Um, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, I was so scared to step on the court that I, I cried. I was like, I can't do this. I cannot go there. And uh, yeah, uh, somehow I, I went through it and it also made me stronger. Um, did you got married um yeah you got married like what were you like 20 years old i was 20 20 20 (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a huge love lasted six years but (laughs) he was your coach he was he was my coach so you married your uh, coach at 20 years old no i he he was just my husband and then he he became my coach he also was a player like professionally but uh i think that was the mistake we did uh because to work with your well i can't do it the work with your husband or a boyfriend for me uh i would never do this mistake again because i can't separate it i am very emotional and i'm bringing this at home and i'm talking about it all the time forehand cross instead of playing <laughs> and cooking dinner <laughs> but did 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 um did the marriage uh impact the career as well if you look back did you play bad tennis as uh, a wife and player yeah no it did it not because um i felt at that moment it was really a right decision for me but i didn't play bad because of the marriage i played bad because i struggled with my emotions and with myself of uh putting myself all the time down and i saw everything dark and that was only my mistake, no other. And I was taking, I was also behaving bad to to people around me that I, because I was feeling shit. That's why I was behaving not right how I want, I should be behaving. So this was only my, my mistake, no marriage, no husband mistake, no one's just mine. Barbara Stritzova doesn't blame, doesn't blame them, doesn't blame no, anybody. No, no, no. You blame yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. I blame myself uh, because uh, there's, I think you shouldn't blame others. 
because uh, you should start with yourself and then you can look for others. Good lessons. <laughs> Czech, the Czech uh, history in tennis is so incredible. Mm-hmm. Do you have fluid relationships with, you know, Hanla Manlikova or Martina Navratilova, um, Helena Sukova? Do you know the, I mean, are you, are you with this group in a significant way? Well, we we don't call, we don't text each other, but every time when we see each other at the tournaments, especially Grand Slams, we we talk to each other, we talk about matches, especially with Martina. She's commentating a lot, so she goes like, okay, this was the moment, this one, you should play maybe that and this. It's great. I, I, I saw her last time in Shenzhen at Masters, and she was watching our finals. And she goes like, because she was giving the trophy for the winners and she was nearly crying because she saw me, I was crying and it was so, it was really nice. So I talked to her a lot about, about matches, about how to approach some, some, some situations. She is a really great uh, mentor. Do you know Hanna Manlikova or the daughter? Is the daughter going to be a good player? Do we know? Uh, well, I can't tell you because I saw her just once, twice I saw her and she's pretty good. So I, I think she can be, but, uh, I think, yeah. We'll see. You're not sure. <laughs> we see. She has still a long, long way to go. <laughs> How did you become so proficient on grass? Well, uh, um, well, since, uh, young age i was training a lot of volleys and a lot of these tricky points lice and surf and volley and i had a lot of coaches who taught me to to play like this because i'm small i don't have so much power i don't have the power to hit the ball quick so i had to become like a tricky player a fast player and a grass court is a great great surface to to play all these things and all these tricky points and for me to play on on the grass it's like a heaven i love it i i can play whatever i want i can play shitty ball and it's like jumping this high and you you always have a chance and i really really enjoy playing on it and it doesn't hurt so much maybe sometimes your ass is burning but but otherwise it's a great surface for me just pity that it's just like three tournaments of the year <laughs> 2019 Wimbledon was so unbelievable. The the best two, three weeks of your life in tennis? Yeah. Yes, yes. I describe it like before we talk about how I was uh, bad to myself, I doubt myself. And at that point, I, I had a, not at that point, but I am working with my mental coach for like six or seven years. And when I came to the Wimbledon 2019, my team and we were working all to, to play well there the whole year, to prepare the schedule to play good there. And I, I came there and it was um, for three weeks. I I loved myself. I loved the way everything was. Like I I was looking forward to, to play the matches with doubts. I, I had doubts and I had fear, but I took it like it's my part. It's, it's just like part of me and I didn't focus on it and it was something like I I don't know if I will have this feeling again but I worked my whole tennis career to that point and that happened over there because it happened so much stuff over there I become number one I won Wimbledon in doubles I be- I was in the semi-final and it's so many things happen in one one or two two days like it was something I couldn't describe at that moment and I came home 
And I was crying for two days because I was like so happy, but so crazy empty. And so like I wanted to say it and I didn't know how to say how I feel. It was um, so incredible. That's um, now how important was the doubles to the singles those two weeks? Because the doubles results are unbelievable. You guys didn't drop a set. No, you... it was just unbelievable. I mean, you didn't drop a set. You beat, um, you beat uh, Bob Ocean, Mladenovic. I mean, you you routined everybody. How important was the doubles to the singles? It was so important because I finished my singles and I knew it was like four days straight. I played two matches in a row. And I was like, okay, I finished the singles and I knew I'm going in one hour to play doubles. And I didn't, like, I was focused, but... Um, my head was like, yeah, let's play. I'm playing another single match. And, and I was so free in my head and it was so good to play it. It was kind of like a practice, but like um, I didn't put so much pressure on myself because I also felt like Sue is there and she's holding me. And she was really important part of part of the way that we, we played that good. Well, that's why I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about her. Um she just seems like such a funky chick and so she's very funky yeah she's just got such a she's just got such a sort of effervescent way about yeah. her did did she warm you up for your singles did you like eat lunch with her do you make joke or you just go on the court together how is we, what's that wow, relationship? listen to this listen yeah. to this you want to believe so the whole two weeks, like I am warming up for my singles, right? And but not with her, with my coach. And for like twelve days, I'm warming up with my coach. And then we are playing semifinal, and it was the first time we warm up with each other. And we are like, oh my god, this is weird to warm up with you, Suey. And she was like, yeah, it's weird to see you. <laughs> we just met at the gym to warm up for our our match but we didn't hit with each other but not that we didn't want but it was just like planned like that but of course we we saw each other she she went to support me for my singles but we didn't spend so much time with each other on court how did you become a doubles team who approached who and and where where did that where, what's the story behind that well it's a long story i mean we we won indian wells 2017 uh, and it was by accident because I supposed to play with uh, another player and she was injured. And then I asked Suey and we last minute we signed in, but really like f- five minutes to 12, we signed in and we won this tournament. I'm like, whoa, this <laughs> is good. But at that moment, I wa- was playing with Andrea and and she had also a partner. And then Andrea got pregnant at the end of the year. So I'm like, okay, she told me in November who I'm going to ask to play doubles. And I was like, okay, Sway. And I called her and she goes like, yeah, we can play. But after Austin Open, because I have already someone. So we start to play in Doha, Dubai. And we lost first round in Doha. And then we won Dubai. And since then, we, we are playing with each other. And it's great. But we know each other since we are like 12. Because we played juniors together, so we know each other. And we, at the beginning, we didn't like each other that much. Not like at the like ten years ago. We are we were not the same. We are totally different characters. Like she is so, so different than me. But now we we really enjoy each other on court and off the court, especially as well. And 
Have you ever had any interesting conversations with her about her tennis and how she, because sometimes it looks like the racket is too heavy for her arms. And it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's got she's such so, a Lucy style. It's so crazy. I know. But she's so tiny and she has such a powerful approach and strokes. It's, I talked to her about it and she has a really quick eye and she can see the ball very, very early. So that's why she's playing the way she does. Uh, but she is a person who you cannot really say, okay, we're going to play two cross and then we go down the line. She goes like, I play how I feel it, you know? And she goes like, I play like this and this, that. She does that and it's such a, it's a great so unique and especially when we play double sometimes she's playing uh, volleys where I'm like how did you do that I, I'm asking her constantly <laughs> all the time during the matches how did you do that ah that's normal we train this you know and she goes on and I'm like okay good play it like the way you do it's great she's amazing <laughs> I can just imagine that seeing her would make you sort of relaxed and happy like it seems generally yeah, yeah. Um, which brings me to my last question about your doubles. When I introduced myself to you, um, I asked you a question because I was at your doubles final in Australia and, okay. I, was, and I was close to the court and I was asked you who you were screaming at in the box and you laughed and you said, oh, that, I, that's my boyfriend I was yelling at. How does he handle that? And, and what's the story behind that do you just do you just yell at him or do you yell at everyone like I at some point it looked like you, at some point it looked like you were trying to fire up the box like what's your what's your style as you, know, as you know I am very emotional and sometimes my emotions has to go out from from my body and uh, when you losing the way you lose it during the finals because we got kicked like hardcore they were playing really good tennis uh, so I was kind of, uh, what to do? And then I turn and I'm seeing them like they are not doing anything, you know, but on the, on the other hand, they cannot do anything. So I'm like, say something to us, say something, push us, you know? And they are like, oh my God, we should, we should push them. Or what, sometimes he takes it like in good, but on the other hand, he, he tells me like maybe next time a little bit, like control your emotions control it <laughs> but it's hard <laughs> i was I, I was gonna ask if he ever says listen that's like a little too much you know like i don't, I don't know if i could handle that just being screamed at by you know my girlfriend but you have to also <laughs> you have to take it the way that uh it's a lot of pressure on the court and i know we shouldn't be screaming to our loved ones but they are the ones who are the closest to us so you want them to know how you feel you know <laughs> but you're right. We shouldn't be doing that. But sometimes I can't handle. How would you describe now that you're coming close to the end, your pro career? Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone that maybe doesn't know that much about you? Well, um, I would say that if I could change one thing, I would be I would change that I would start working on my on my mental aspects earlier because it's the same way that you go train every day but you have to train your head as well you have to train the situations you have to visualize all the time and meditation is great so i would do this much earlier but tennis is such a great sport it's a it's it's very fair sport 
So just, but be ready that it's really hard and what you don't uh, really earn, you will never get easy. But uh, do everything 100%. Doesn't matter if it's, if it's on a tennis court or if it's in the park and you go run, do it 100%. But at the end of the day, you can tell only yourself that you did what you could and that's it. That's it. And I think um, uh, if I would be, if I would have a child, I, I would like that uh, he or she plays tennis. <laughs> Are you proud of your career? I am proud. I am proud. I was thinking just I, I get a lot of um, questions about if I would like to write a book. Uh, I I'm not I don't think I would like to. But what I would like to write about would be the emotions and the feelings. What I described at the beginning when when you are scared of something and you cannot handle. And I would like to describe the these feelings, you know, because it, it's really important for the people that they know how how tough it is when you are somewhere in australia and you are there alone and you are a woman and you lose a match and you you want to call home and there is you cannot because the jet like the time time zones it's really hard and i would like to describe these moments and situations what i had during my tennis career to the people that they know it's not just nice hotels nice parties nice nice tennis courts nice center courts it's not only about this it's also the other part where you you are a lot of time alone and it's tough to handle it but i am proud i am very proud of my career <laughs> let's move into our fourth set this is the 10 ball scramble this is not this is not a deep dive i say something and you say what comes into your mind but, okay. but I but the first thing you have to describe a little bit. Um, how do you pick your side in doubles? Do you always play the ad court? Uh, yes, I always play the ad court. Why? Yes, because I uh, think my uh, return from backhand is better. Favorite city? London. Favorite tournament? Mm, Australian Open. Oh, sorry, Wimbledon. Do you like the Aust- you like the Aussie too, though? Huh? Yeah, I love it. Favorite court could be any court in the world. Uh, center court at Wimbledon. Your best win. Quarterfinals against Johanna Conta. Um, you really blew her off the court in that second set. The, the first set was yeah. the the first set was a war. It was a war. I was four one down, and I was like, "Oh my god, I am scared of this court." Uh, like I'm playing on center court, and then I won that. Night. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, to beat the lo- the hometown uh, player on center court, Wimbledon yeah. was incredible. Uh, your your worst loss. Um, worst loss. Is there one that just sticks out? Like, oh my god. Oh yeah, I have. Uh, U.S. Open against Sabina Lisitsky, third round. I was 5-1 up in the third set, and I lost 7-5. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, your favorite designer? Um, favorite designer? I like Victoria Beckham. Really? Yeah, I do like her. I mean, we but see, I have many. So if I if this comes to my mind, but I had many. We see you in Balenciaga on the cover of Elle. I've seen you in rowing blazers. Do you have yeah. sort of a? 
I don't know, sort of a philosophy about fashion that you... Um... I don't know if I have philosophy, but I, I, li I like to play with colors and with uh, with all the material, what what I have. And I like to... I, I like to also know a lot about the designer, the way, how, why he does this and that. So I really like to 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 know more about design and uh, and clothes. Where do you keep your trophies? At home, some, and at my parents' house. Do you save your credentials? I do. <laughs> where do you put them? Where 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 are they? Where are they? At my parents, because I had a huge box already, like two of them, and I, I didn't have place to put it, so I brought it to my parents' house. But I do. I am superstitious kind of about it. You keep your credentials. Yeah. Your favorite player growing up? Steffi Graf. Your favorite player now? Could be man or woman. Um, uh, Rafa Nadal. Your favorite racket? Wilson. Which one do you play with? Blade. And you like that racket? I do. Your favorite thing to eat? Oh my God, I can't tell one. So, okay. Well, first thing to come to my head is uh, chicken wings. I love chicken wings, but I also like pizza. I like cakes. I, I am like crazy about food. I love to eat, but I have to watch out. <laughs> the, uh, us short people, we need to be careful. Yeah, so careful. Too careful. <laughs> yeah. Let's move into our fifth and final set. Call this the queen of the court. If okay. you were the queen of tennis and you could make a change without any aggravation, what mm -hmm. would you change? Like you mean change in a way of playing? It can be anything. It can be rules. It okay, can be... so I know, I know, I know. Uh, I would change that we would wear only white like we do at Wimbledon, but we would do it everywhere. I would change that. I would change that no women should be playing in shorts, only skirt. I would change that uh, no coaches are allowed. And uh, I would also change that no uh, fines for screaming because emotions should be allowed, but not like crazy, but a little bit. Loosen up the rules a little bit regarding decorum on the court. E yes, yes, yes. Loosen them up a little bit. You should be able to share some more. Yeah, because I think also for the people uh, sh can be more, not fun, but like a show a little bit because every time you have to control yourself control the record control the the words and for it can be sometimes boring you know what i mean for for the fans and spectators barbara stritsova thank you so much for um doing this with me i really appreciate okay. it and you are released thank you i really enjoy it you had great questions <laughs> Huge thank you to Barbara Stritsova and good luck with Ubaru. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Sergio Tacchini. See what they're doing at SergioTacchini.com and use my code CRAIG30 in all caps at checkout. 
Also want to thank my friends at Illustever. The sunglasses that they gave me are unbelievable. They are all handcrafted in Italy. They're sweet. I wear the Leonard's. And if you go to illestever.com, that's I-L-L-E-S-T-E-V-A.com, they are offering 25% off of the entire website. Max Loeb edited the show. Our music is by Brian Senti. We'll be back next time with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Till then, I'm Craig Shapiro, and you are released.